Good morning, True North Church. How are you guys doing this morning? It's awesome to be in God's house. For all those joining us online, we love you as well. We wish you were here worshiping with us. But we got um, a good service ahead. How, have you guys, how many of you guys have been enjoying the series we're in about the church? Learning some stuff about yourself, right? If you haven't caught up on the past sermons, make sure you're watching them. Make sure you catch up because it will all make sense. If you just listen to this one, you're missing the whole picture. But we've been going over um, a few different metaphors, pictures, misconceptions, whatever you want to call them, um, on how people view the church. And honestly, you're going to fall in one of the categories, if not a few of the categories. Um, I know I have. So we've gone over the church as fire insurance, the church as a lucky charm, a rest stop, a train station, a gas station, ticket booth, theater, and social club. And honestly, I know just from that list, you're probably like, what does that mean? Well, go listen to the last messages if you haven't. But I, I mean, definitely fell into the fire insurance category growing up. I definitely was into the social club as a teenager. If the cute boys were there, me and my friends would be showing up. Um, but we're going to talk about the last two today, and I'm really excited that um, I get to do this part because I like these last two. And it's the church as a crutch and the church as a hospital. And just like the rest of these pictures, um, metaphors, there are bits of truth in them, but they're not the whole picture. And what do you say? A, par a partial truth is really just a lie, right? As a teenager, when you're telling your parents the partial truth, this was my thing. I really didn't like lying, but I was good at the half-truths. I'm going to go over to my friend's house. I didn't say where I would be going once I was at my friend's house. That was just the getting ready place, the partial truth, which is just a lie. And honestly, church, at this time in history where God has placed this on this little timeline, we do not have the luxury for living in misconceptions anymore. We don't have the luxury to be sitting in a partial truth anymore. You know, I really think that that's just the enemy's playground because, you know, the devil can't create, right? So instead of creating, he what? Distorts. He takes truth and he distorts it a little bit. So it's easy to accept because it sounds good, it looks good, but it's not the truth. And I think that's what our country is sitting in right now. And as Christians, we need to have our eyes open. We need to be awake. We need to know the devil's game plan, that he lies and distorts, and we need to not accept anything but the truth. The whole truth. Nothing but the truth. So we're going to talk about these, and um, I'm just... I, I'm just excited about it. Let's just, let's just read from Ephesians first. Ephesians 2, verse 19 through 20. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles prophet and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. It is amazing to be a part of the local church. And honestly, I took it for granted. I will say it, I will be the first one to admit I grew up in church my entire life. I honestly can say I probably have only missed a handful of Sundays my entire life. Actually, no, you know what? Most of them probably were because I had a baby. And I have a lot of babies. So 
that probably brought the number up. But other than that, I mean, there was no vacation from a Sunday. Sometimes when we did go on vacation, we tried to go to church at other churches, and we were a rowdy bunch, so kind of shook people up. You walk in with eight kids and a rowdy bunch, you know, it's not, we're shocking for small churches. So honestly, okay, maybe, maybe 20 Sundays I've missed in my whole life, if I'm trying to be honest. And I never thought in my entire life that I would not be allowed to go to a church on Sunday. I never thought that I would live in a time to see when churches were not allowed to open their doors. This is America. That would never happen. So I took the church for granted. I did. And I'm kind of glad that I had that little wake-up call in my spirit. That I'm going to be here every single day. The doors, every Sunday, the doors are open. I'm not going to miss it. Because I need it. We need each other. Okay, I'm getting off track here. I'm preaching to myself. But I just want you to realize that this is something amazing. It's something unique. It's something powerful. There is power in being part of the local church. So we're going to talk about the last two images. And number one is the church as a crutch. This one kind of gets me. I haven't looked at the church like this, but I've heard people tell me that the church is just a crutch for me. That, oh, that's just a crutch. Jesus is just a crutch. It's just a crutch. I'm like, okay. And I guess the, I'm supposed to find a positive aspect of this view. And I guess it is that if someone tells you that, then they're acknowledging your dependence on God. True. We depend on God. Actually, in James 15:5, it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's kind of funny because I thought I did things without God. And even unsaved people, they're like, wait a minute, I do things. Like, you know, I have a job, I have a family, I do things. But the Bible says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing worth significance, nothing with eternal value, nothing fulfilling apart from God. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I guess that's the positive aspect. They acknowledge your dependence on God. But I guess if you look at it another way, you can see like there's, there is negative aspects. If you're coming into church with that view, like it's a crutch, there's, there's negative aspects, negative um, results, I guess, from viewing the church that way. So one, you can put more value on the actual church as like the building, like there's power in this building, like there's power just with the pastors, I need the pastor to pray with me. And I understand we want to pray with you. But guess what? We don't have a special access to the throne room of heaven more than you do. You have the same access to God. You have the same access. He hears your prayers. And they are powerful. And they are effective. Right? So if this is a heavy leaning on the church as a building, it's more like a symbolic thing. It's more like a tradition thing that you're putting weight to. And the other, the other negative point of this, this is the one that gets me. This is why I could never take this as a compliment when people said this. It can lead us to having a wimpy view of Christianity or a victim mentality. When I hear that, the picture of, you know, church is just a crutch. Well, what is God in this metaphor? God is that little piece of aluminum that I'm shoving under my armpit. 
that my limping body is leaning on and my head's down and I'm limping along, but God's my crutch. He's keeping me from falling down. I'm like, that is not the view I have when I see me depending on God. Me and John have been, my husband John, have been watching these uh, tours of Europe. And they show you all these old castles. And they're hundreds of years old. And they're still standing there today. And they knew how to build. I mean, walls were thick and stone. And they had these towers that lined up straight. And they would row them with archers along the top. They would have windows. They didn't care about light. I just keep going, there's no way they could see in there. Their windows were little slits. You know why? Just so they could have an archer shoot an arrow through it. Now, when I look at my dependence on God, it's like me leaning against one of those strong towers. My head is high. There's archers in every single window. And I know, even if I'm injured, even if I get hurt, because, you know, Christianity isn't all fun and games. There's going to be times in your life when you feel defeated, when you feel injured, when you are limping. I understand that. But guess what? I'm leaning against a stronghold. God is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my strong tower. He's my provider. He's my healer. And I might be injured and I might feel defeated, but I can hold my head up because I know what's behind me. There's no enemy that's getting past this fortress. There's no enemy that's going to knock down this strong tower. It's forever. It will remain forever. And that's how I view my dependence on God. So if you came in here today and you felt like you were leaning on a crutch, lift your head up. Your God is bigger than that. Your God is stronger than that. Your God will remain forever. His words are forever. His church is forever. It cannot be defeated. Also, the, you know, another negative aspect of this is it's just temporary. No one plans on walking with a crutch their whole life, right? Well, as soon as that is healed, as soon as your injury is healed, as soon as you're over the hurt that has happened, as soon as you feel somewhat free from your addiction, you've been sober for a while, then you don't need the church anymore because you're not limping anymore. And honestly, I always feel like that, that we see it all the time, unfortunately. People come in in a desperate place and they're hurt and they need someone to hold them up and that's okay. You're allowed to come in here hurting and feeling defeated and feeling like you do need a crutch. That's okay, but you can't stay there. It can't be the only reason why you come to church. And I feel like this breaks God's heart because you want to be in the dumps with God, which is fine. He can handle it. He can handle your sorrow, your sin, your anger, your questions. He can handle it all. But you don't want to rejoice with him when things are good. As soon as it gets nice and rosy, you're like, yeah, thanks, God, I'm out. Um, And he wants all of it. He wants the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it. He's here with you through every single season, the highs and the lows. So, the church is a crutch. You know how I feel about it now. I hope that you can walk out of here feeling the same way, that you're leaning against a strong tower. And if you haven't felt like that, if you've been feeling like, you know, everything's too much, you can't handle it, you need to lift your head up. Lift your head up. Maybe spiritually or physically. Stop looking at your phone. Lift your head up and know who your God is. So number two, the church as a hospital. This is our final picture of the church. And it's the picture of the church 
as a place of healing, which it is. It should be. Healing in every single aspect. God cares about your body, your mind, your spirit, every single aspect. And I pray that we begin to see more miraculous healings now than we've ever seen before. I pray that literally that autistic children will come up here and we can pray for them and they will be set free. I pray for, for blind to see, dead to raise, the crazy miracles. And I believe that we will see that in our time. That's where the church should be. It is a place of healing. It is a place of restoration. If you've gone through any trial, there's nothing like sitting in the presence of God. Even if you're too sad to worship, just being around worship, just hearing people worship around you can bring peace to your soul. So yes, the church is the hospital. Jesus even said that. He said, well, is it not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick? I have, come to, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. That should give you some huge relief. Like we've talked about before, I'm sure you've heard this. Oh, I can't come to church. I'm too bad. If you only knew, I did this. The enemy loves. That's like his like number one go-to. Let me tell you how unworthy you are. And every single person in this room has heard that at one point in their life. You should not go to church because you did this. You should be really ashamed of yourself because you did this. Hold on to that shame and don't let it go. That is your, that's your burden to carry. Do you know some people actually feel like they should have that shame and they should have to deal with it their whole life because it's the consequence of their sin. And that's not the God that we serve. He didn't call the righteous. He's not looking for perfect people. He's calling the broken. He's calling the hurting. He's calling the messed up people with issues. Come on, does that make you feel good? Right? We can fall into that category. We are messed up and hurting, and God's calling us. He's not saying, get it right. Pull yourself together, and then I'll call you. You're like a hot mess. That's what I feel like most days. I have six children. I feel like a hot mess most days. But, but God loves it. He loves this hot mess. There's a shirt that says that. I really should get that for myself. <sighs> So I think the problem is that most people don't realize that they're sick because they're like, oh, well, the church is a hospital. I'm, I'm good. Like, I got stuff together. No, we're all sick. And the thing is, we have to acknowledge it. We have to realize that we're sick so that we can get to the hospital. So that's the positive outlook. We are a place of healing. But the dangers in this is that you can ignore the complete picture of what the church actually is. The church is not just a place of healing. It's not just to go get healed for yourself and you sit here and it's for you and it's for yourself and you're getting healed and you don't want to focus on anything else. When someone's at the hospital, they're not there to like complete a college course. They're not there to like earn money. They're in the hospital 
to get healed. That's the main goal. That's the objective. Go in the hospital, get healed, right? That's why you're in a hospital. And that's missing out on the huge portion of the church if you're viewing it like a hospital. You're just sitting in here for yourself, for you to get healed. And you're missing out on the whole picture of what the church should be and can be. And again, this is the same thing. There's a, time, there's a timetable. No one, like, literally is like, you know, you're all healed. You can go. Oh, can I stay in here a little bit longer? I mean, maybe if your household is crazy and you really enjoy it. But every time I have a kid, I'm like, can I get out of here? Can I get out of here? I want to get out of here. I want my bed. I want my bed. I want my own, my own stuff. I want to get out of here. Like, the second they let me go, I'm, like, running out of the hospital with my baby. I'm like, get me home. So there's a timetable. Once again, it's temporary. And when you're sick and when you're sad, you'll come in, you'll get healed, and then you'll say, God, thanks. Thanks, you did it again, thanks. And once again, I think it's just like the crutch. It grieves God. He wants all of you, every aspect, every season. He's here for you to rejoice, to mourn. He's with you in all things. So just like all this, all the, all the pictures that we went through, it's just a portion of truth. And if you looked at the church like this before, you've got to be honest. Ask yourself, how do I view the church? Where is it on my priority list? How have I looked at it in the past? How have I used the church in the past? What has it been for me? Literally, ask yourself this. Go home in the car today on your way home, and if you're driving by yourself, talk to yourself. If you're driving with somebody else, talk to them. Say, what do you, how do you think you view the church? Discuss it. Because how are you going to change your misconceptions if you don't address them? So the last thing we are going to talk about is what the Bible says about the church. The whole, whole, complete, beautiful picture of what the church is. And I love this. There's nothing like this. Just the perfect analogy. I always say my husband's the analogy king. But this might have him beat. This is perfect. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews, Gentiles, slave, or free. We were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. It literally repeats itself a lot. We're going to keep going. But it keeps saying, there are many parts, one body. There are many parts, there is one body. There are many parts, but there is one body. You get that? It says, I don't care if you're a Jew or a Gentile. I don't care about where you came from or what race or ethnicity. I don't care. It says it doesn't matter. It says slave or free. I don't care. It doesn't matter what job you have or what, how smart you are or what degrees you have. It doesn't matter. We are one body. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, 
it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And I love this. This is like, you're like, okay, it's getting a little silly now, okay? We're like, the hand doesn't want to be part of the body. The foot doesn't want to be part of the body. All that kind of stuff. But I really think that sometimes we need to be talked to like children. I, just me. N not you guys. Just me. I need it simple. I need it nice and simple, nice and clear. And it continues. It says, if, for if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them. God has placed them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it, as it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that, that are unpresentable, we treat with special, special modesty. While presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the whole body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that the body's parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Does that get you excited? You know, when I was growing up in church, I was like, like, where do I fit in? And I'm sure many of you have thought that, even if you came here. I was like, well, I can't sing. So, worship team gone. I didn't think that I'd be preaching, so I was like, you know, forget that. So I was like, I guess I got stuck in the nursery. No offense to Compass Kids workers. You are amazing. We love you. Very important. But we literally sit there and we try to see, like, well, where, where do I fit? I'm not really like a part. I'm just like an extra finger guy trying to get shoved on here somewhere. But I literally love it. It says, every single one of you are part of the body of Christ. You have a role to play. You cannot be severed from the body. I literally, the, uh, maybe I'm just visual and this might be too graphic for you, but if you're not part of the body of Christ, you literally are like a severed finger. And that's why that verse in John 15, 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You literally were created to be part of the body of Christ. When God knit you in your mother's womb, he had in mind for you to be part of the body of Christ. He did not say, oh, I want this girl just to be like a hand over there. This guy to be like a foot by itself. What good is that? It's no good to yourself or to anybody else. But you were designed to be connected to God, to be part of the body of Christ. You have a role to play. If you look around and you're like, no, there's no place for me here. No, you're lying. There's a place. You have gifts and you have talents because guess what? You were created for this. You were created to be part of the body of Christ. You will flourish and thrive when you're connected to the body that God designed you to be a part of.
So like, like, that, like that verse so eloquently said, you cannot say, because I am not a hand, I do not need to be part of the body. And we cannot say, because you are not a foot, I do not need you. We need every single thing. And it's funny as it, yeah, come on, God's awesome. It's funny because I'm, um, with my last pregnancy, I had a lot of um, problems, like back-wise and everything. I literally couldn't walk, and my, it was progressing for each pregnancy. And everyone's like, go to the chiropractor. I'm like, no, they freaked me out. I'm not going to the chiropractor. And then I was eight months pregnant with uh, my sixth baby, and I couldn't, like, move. Like, I couldn't sit down or stand or lay. So it was good times. Um, so I was like, fine, I'll go to the chiropractor. What could happen? I couldn't sit down, lay, stand, walk, whatever. So I'm like, I'll, I'll give it a try now. And do you know that every single thing in your body is connected? You're like, no, 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 the pain's here. And they're like, yeah, well, I'm going to do this. And you're like, oh, well, that actually worked. Just like that verse says, if one is in pain, we're all in pain. If our, my pinky toe hurts, it doesn't mean like, well, I don't need it anymore. I'm just going to chop that off. No. It's kind of important. And if it's in pain, I'm in pain. If it hurts, I, I hurt. And I might think like, oh, it's just my leg that hurts, but actually it's this that hurts in the center of my back. That's out of line, or this is out of line. And when it gets all back in the right place, you're good again, and you can rejoice again. But we're all important, no matter what your giftings are, no matter what your role is. And I hope that when you leave today, your view of the church is whole and complete. It is not something you get to watch. It's not. You're actively part of the body. Like, I, like my hand doesn't just say, well, I'm going to take a break. And just, I'm not going to, this hand's just not going to do anything today. And that's my left hand. I'm left-handed, so I kind of need that hand. This hand is pretty much useless. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it has a purpose. You need both hands when you have a lot of children. But it's important and if you're severed from the church, you can do nothing. And I can say that bold and plainly because that's what the word of God says. You can do nothing because you were created for this. I'm not saying you, everyone was created for full-time ministry, but you were created to be connected to the church. You have a role, you have a job, and you have a place. And church, right now, we need everyone on board. We need everyone's head up, eyes open, and involved. We need everyone fully in. This is, this is not a temporary thing. This isn't a, a fad. This isn't just something that, you know, seems fun at the moment. I'm going to give it a whirl. This is for the rest of my life. I will be found in the house of God. I will be connected to the body of Christ because it was what I was created for. It was, it was for what I was called for. It's where I find my fulfillment, being connected to the body of Christ. You want to do something huge? You want to do something memorable? You want to shake up the world? We'll be connected to the local church. There isn't a bigger mission. There isn't a more important mission than winning souls, than being part of the church. You cannot find something more valuable or more important. So how good is God? Right? He knit you in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were born. 
He created you to be part of something that is eternal, that is everlasting, that has more impact than you will ever know. And the crazy thing is, the cool thing is, I think when we get to heaven, you're going to be able to see just little decisions that you did that had ripple effects on people's lives. And you'll never be able to see them or to know them here on earth. But just you handing someone a church card, just you smiling to someone at, at the front door. You know, there's people in here that come in every Sunday that are thinking about taking their life. There's people in here that are dealing with hurts that they would never share with anyone, that they've been carrying for their whole life. And you have no idea the impact of a smile at the front door or a friendly handshake while you're given the coffee or smiling faces as you're dropping your kids off. God does big things in little acts of obedience. And today, if you're not involved, if you haven't taken your next step, what are you waiting for? The church is not on pause because of this virus. It's not on pause because of the, the lockdown or the cultural situations. The church of God is alive and well, and it is growing, and God is doing something big. And we need every part functioning at full capacity. We need every part realizing our dependency on God. Guys, we win. We're leaning against that strong fortress, that rock, and that tower. I just can't believe that we get to do this. That we get to be God's hands and feet here on earth. That we get to give a hopeless world hope. We have the answers. You watch the TV and you're like, oh, it's a mess. It's horrible. Jesus comes soon. I want more people in heaven. And I'm going to keep going. I'm not at that bus stop waiting for Jesus to come get me. I'm going to keep, keep telling people that they need Jesus, that this is where their hope is. So before we close today, we're just going to give everyone an opportunity. If you have not said yes to Jesus, that doesn't mean you're signing up for the church. You're not becoming a member. We don't do that kind of stuff. You serve here, and it shows that you're part of the body of Christ, that you're attached to the body of Christ, that you're fully functioning, that you're ready to, to, to do what you were called to do. But I know that there's people in here that have never said yes to Jesus. And the crazy thing is, it is the simplest thing ever. It's you saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I'm a sinner. I'm sick because of my sin. Forgive me. And the Bible says repentance is literally you're walking this way towards your sin. And now you're turning. And you're going this way. The Bible says that you were, it was from death to life, darkness to light. And all we have to do is say, I need you, Jesus. Forgive me. He doesn't make it complicated. He knows we complicate things so much. And it could not be any more simple than this. Just say that you need Jesus. That you're sorry for the mistakes you've made doesn't mean you're not going to continue making mistakes. We're going to do it our whole lives. But what Jesus did on the cross covered what you did in the past and what you're going to do in the future. It covered it all. It was enough. There's nothing else that you need to do to pay for your sins because it was done already. All you have to do is accept the grace, the mercy, and the love of Jesus Christ. So church, why don't we bow our heads right now? Let's just give everyone privacy. If you need Jesus right now, and you're like, this isn't, this isn't a fad, this isn't a phase, I know that I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you need Jesus, we're going to say a prayer all together as a church. 
And the awesome thing is when we're done, you're a Christian. You know what Christian means? It doesn't mean that you're a, a denomination. It doesn't mean that you signed up to be part of a, a member of a group of something. It literally means Christ follower. That's what Christian means. You are following Christ. You're no longer trying to do your own thing to make your own way. You're going to be part of the body of Christ. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So church, let's just say this prayer all together. And if you're saying it for the first time, just say it with your mouth and believe it in your heart. And God hears you. So say, church, say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your body. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I'm in this for life. I love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Come on, can we honor Pastor Katie for that word? Come on. Absolutely incredible. Hey, if you made that decision, if you're in this space here and you made that decision to say yes to Jesus, we have team members out in the lobby. They're going to be waving this Bible here. Go up to them. Tell them about the decision you made. Ask them questions. If you need prayer, we'll pray for you. Uh, if you're in this space and you need prayer for anything, uh, Next Steps is open. Head over there and get prayer. If you're watching online and you made that decision, there's going to be a link right there. Click that link and uh, let us know that you made that decision. And uh, man, best decision ever. Yes? Awesome, awesome. Well, again, it is a crew on week, so make sure that you're connecting with your crew this week, being part of the body, and uh, it's incredible, yes? Great Sunday in the house of God. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you before you go. Come on, why don't you lift your hands to heaven? Pray with me as we go. Father, we are so thankful that you've called us to be a part of the church. Lord, let us leave here being the church, Lord, that you've called us to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Lord, I'll pray that you've instilled something. You've stirred something in our spirit today, Lord. Let us take, let us take it into the world, Lord. Let us see the, the lost saved, Lord, the sick healed. God, use us for the miraculous and the supernatural, Lord. We want to leave here changed and transformed by your Holy Spirit, Lord. So let us be the church this week, Lord. We love you so much. We give it all to you. It's in Jesus' name. Come on, the church said, the church said, amen, amen. Church, we love you. Be blessed.